right. Praise the Lord. Okay. If you'd like to, you could open your Bibles to Colossians for some exercise. As I'm thinking, which could be a dangerous thing, I'm not real good at it. But again, I, I believe the Lord wants to have a relationship with us more than we can possibly even understand because we really don't know the Lord. We're limited. At the very best, if we only see through a glass darkly at this time. The very best we, we see, you know, through our own understanding. <clears throat> but God is, is using that and the Holy Spirit is working. The wonderful part of the gospel is it's the Holy Spirit that's at work in us. It's not you. And we are, you know, we're learning to trust in Him, which means we need to deny ourselves. To obey God means I need to disobey myself, have no trust in myself, have no confidence in myself. And, you know, that, that sounds like a wonderful idea, but to have that hope in ourselves or that confidence in ourselves broken seems like God has to go to a, a long length. We're even where Paul says we, we, were, we were pressed out of measure in Asia in so much that we despaired of life itself. But there was a reason. It wasn't that we could be good. It wasn't that we could get it together and someday I wouldn't have to go. How many people ever thought that if you went through this trial, you're not going to go through any more? Yeah. Anybody like that? Yeah, yeah well, we, we, we deceived ourselves. Yeah. See, and we actually misplaced our hope or our desire or our faith in ourselves, and not really in the Word of God. And then when it doesn't happen, what does the Bible say? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so many times we were talking last week, our faith isn't what we need to have faith in. See, a lot of times our faith is just desire or wishes or things that we want. It's not really faith. We say faith because we become Christians. And so, we, you know, we're trying to justify ourselves. But when we seek to justify ourselves, we make the justification of Christ of none effect. Where therefore Paul could say, of sinners who I am chief. Now that doesn't belittle the gospel. That actually glorifies God. He said that Christ was working in him. The one who persecuted the church was glorifying God. It was being glorified by God from those who were outside looking at the situation. Because it was Christ that picked him. It was Christ who separated him. It was Christ who made some determinations about him. And in order for him to fulfill God's purpose and the purpose of Christ's calling in his life, he had to disobey himself. Or we say in another word, deny ourselves. Well, we didn't say that. Jesus said it. But that's a toughie. Because the roots of independence and sin and rebellion go really deep. You know, and I was thinking about that how, you know, who Jesus Christ is or who Jesus Christ was, I mean, in, in that specific time. And I was thinking about Adam because the Bible talks about there was a first Adam and then there was a second Adam. Now, there's a lot of similarities. Both are the Son of God. They're really the begotten Son of God. Adam came into this world without sin. Wow. But somewhere along the line, he chose to disobey. Now, Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are, just as the first Adam. But Jesus, as a son of God, who, be, who learned obedience through the things that he suffered to become the heir of eternal salvation, or the author of eternal salvation, didn't sin. So we have this thing that, which one do we want to be? See, what, do we want to, you know, we, we are the sons of God, 
but we could disobey. Or we can let the nature of Christ work in us to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So it's not our faith that we rely on, not our desires. As a matter of fact, those things actually come in conflict with the desires of God. That's why Jesus said, if any man wants to follow me, he's got to hate his life. Now, this is an ongoing practice. Because many times we just deceive ourselves. We just had a great show of hands. We actually think that if we go through one trial and we actually do good, we're going to make it. And we think we're going to... See, again, that brings us back to the law working in us or hope in myself that once I've heard God, I will always hear God and always obey Him. The fact that you hear God once and even obey Him doesn't, is not a proof that you will hear and obey Him continually. Saul heard God very clearly. And matter of fact, even he actually heard God and chose to disobey, just like the first Adam. Because God is at work in us to have no hope in ourselves, so that we could with despair of life itself, that our hope would be in Him. And so the gospel message and the Holy Spirit, Christ living in us, is abundantly working to fulfill God's purpose in our lives. And this is something we need to labor with Christ in. So in Galatians, that's what it talks about in chapter 1. We're going to talk a little bit more about the mystery. Because I think, you know, the mystery continually is a mystery. It continually eludes us. We continually are drawn back to the things that we see and feel and and Jesus even said that, that the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, all the stuff that come against us. You know, uh, the, the, the proverb where Jesus talks about the wise man and the foolish man that built a house. The waves of life, the rivers of life, the floods of life come and some houses stand and some houses don't. It's a constant beating to drive us to the Lord. And so... We need to be aware of the mystery and everything we do needs to be centered around the Lord. And in order to do that, I need to deny myself on a continual basis. And that's why the Holy Spirit's given to us and the Word is given to us. That it would be no longer I that live, Paul says, but Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live, I no longer live to myself, but I live by the faith of the Son of God. Not His own faith, not His own desires, but He's living by the, the Christ, the resurrected Christ that's in him and his faith. Now, there's something we, we can do in Colossians chapter 1, verse 29. Wherefore, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. We need to labor with, with the purpose of God and the vision of God that's within us. Now, these things, they're kind of like abstract concepts. I mean, they're not to the Lord, but they are to us. And either we're going to fall in love, which needs to be defined. Again, when we think we fall in love, it's something we think we would like to do. Not necessarily. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son into the world to become sin. That's not something he liked to do. Jesus didn't, he said he, he despised the cross. But for the joy that was set before him, for the pleasing of the Father, for the relationship he had with God, he did it. And many times we get, that, we get that mixed up. God's bringing us to places and we, we don't allow Him to conform our thinking into what He desires. 
And the Bible is all about that Christ be formed in you, that we're being conformed to the image of Christ. And what needs to happen to that, I don't think we understand, being conformed is having your head knocked off. Now, I'm just going to say that because, you know, when they make nails nowadays, there's a process called extruding, and it really comes from the word conforming. To, it's taking something that's this shape, and it's going to come out this shape. Something's got to change. And the pressing that goes on in our life, we many times miss it because we then hold on to our life rather than the finished product that God is looking at. We talked about the refiner's fire. Where God picks that in Malachi. I'll just read that because it's an interesting thing. Malachi chapter 3. The refiner's fire. God picks refiner's fire. Now, refiner's fire really is, as we said a little bit last week, is just basically a man-made thing. There is no refiner's fire in nature. In order, and it's only produced, they only have refiner's fire so that women can walk around with fine jewelry. You know, show off everything and have silver and stuff like that. But God uses that example. You know, it's amazing how God has come to, you know, when the gospel came, For God so loved the world, what did He do? He didn't call us up. He came down to earth. And what did the power of what did He talk about? God needs money. Anybody think God needs money? How come He talks about it so much? How come He says, and the the nobleman went away into a far country, but before he left, he gave one five pounds money, three pounds, and one pound. Why is he talking about that? Because that's where he wants us to live. He wants us to be in this world, shining lights of the gospel of Jesus Christ, not with some hocus-pocus weird philosophy, but right here, as the sower went out to sow, as you went to build your house, which is a bummer. And when... And... And when you're going to the marketplace, and when your brother offends you, all of these things, God doesn't even, he doesn't, he doesn't need those things. He's not interested in gold. He doesn't need a refiner's fire. You know when you get to heaven, we're going to be walking on streets of gold that are pure as crystal. Nobody better be picking at it. He doesn't need the refiner's fire. He's trying to give us something. See, Jesus came to this world and walked in this world godly in all the ungodly or... Not what's the right word. Doesn't matter stuff. But he says, this is the way I want you to handle it. This is, I'm put you in the world like sheep in the midst of wolves. And I want you to start... And the reason for that is I want to knock your head off. I want you to be extruded and let Christ be formed in you. Have you, you know, the, the underpass over here? This is what that guy's doing. It's for you, stupid bridge. What the? Or we can start to allow, like Jesus, who became obedient. 
let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Remember, boy, your neck, man. Give your neck. And many times we look, we look at, the extru- at the extrusion process or God actually working in our life as the devil. Or how about this? We don't want to say the devil. And we don't like to use God too much because then we'd have to be accountable. We like to talk about people, don't we? They, the church, you haven't heard God. Well, see, again, let's come back to the Bible. He's using money. God doesn't need money. As a matter of fact, he calls it filthy lucre. He actually talks about the unjust judge as someone we should follow. Whoa. See, it's so beyond your figuring out that he wants to blow your mind. He wants to extrude something. So the gospel, and you've, you've heard this thing, and I'll just coin, you know, recoin the phrase. I didn't make it up. I don't really like it even. But it's not so much t- taught as caught. Do you think that's cute? It's che- cheesy, yeah. I never said it. But the concept is good. chosen. There's always rising up in me the independence to duck and not, you know, under the bridge or not be extruded, not to let God take those things out of my life that he doesn't want there. Now, when that begins to happen, we need to understand that's happening and humble ourselves. Humble ourselves and let that mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus that says, I receive that. See, when we don't receive it, what's, it's just pride. It's just, I don't think and I want to. No, we must all receive the things that God is bringing in our life as the conforming process. And what that means is things have got to go. And it's not necessarily good things, bad things. It's just, you know, when you make a marble statue, a bronze statue, all the marble is good. Even the part you cut away and throw out is good marble. It's all the same marble. That's a good thing. Is it one of yours? Oh, see, he's happy. Yeah, I could tell it wasn't one of his. Just He smiled, walked away. Yeah. It's a good thing to be refined. 
and God is going to bring you into situations to knock your head off. Get your head knocked off. Because He wants to give you another head called the mind of Christ. He wants to shape you into something you have no idea what it is. And he shall, be, he shall sit as a refiner and one that purifies silver. You know what that guy does? He's getting that fire hotter. And he's skimming off the garbage. You know when you hit the bridge? think, you know, God gives us each individual talents and abilities, uh, capabilities, limitations, but that's not what it's all about. How many people remember the movie Ben-Hur? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Randy doesn't. But <laughs> remember there's four horses. Now, what did, what did the, the Arab guy like best about Ben-Hur? He knew the horse's abilities, but they, they needed to be placed in the harness or the yoke according to their abilities. Why? So their own abilities could excel? No. So the team could win. And hold me and keep me so that I'm running with the team. See, if not, you know, all those horses, you know, they got all the stuff to keep them, and each horse has to be given in different instruction. But they're working towards the same purpose. Now, now the way that's realized is 
the wagon goes ahead right. They're not individually exercising their own gifts. As a matter of fact, in a harness and in a yoke, many times your own gifts will have to be restrained. Remember Paul, he had a lot, he had a great gift. What was his great gift? God was going to give him so many revelations, he's going to have a fat head. So God's going to send a yoke, a little extrusion machine. Why? Well, so he could be buffeted, so he could stay humble. Messenger of Satan. Now, what, did, what was Paul's reaction? I don't like this. I think I'd better pray and get rid of this thing. And God said, whoa, little fella. Because <laughs> he was the gold rush days too. He says, no, my grace is sufficient. There's something I want you to learn. See, it's, it's not all about you. It's not even all about the amount of the revelation that you even know of me. There's something greater. Jesus did not have to come to the earth to be the Son of God. He did not have to come to the earth to be righteous. By coming to the earth, He doesn't get closer to God. He is God. He came to earth to fulfill God's purpose. And in this world, and in this age, to fulfill God's purpose, it takes sacrifice and discipline and denying ourselves. Those things go together. Now, why that is, I don't know. It just is. And that's part of the extrusion process. And you're going to hit the bridge. There's going to, you're going to have so many revelations in your life and God's going to say, shut up, don't talk about them. Isn't it amazing when you think you know something, you actually think somebody else wants to hear about it? Let me just tell you right now, most of the time, not interested. Keep it to yourself. And even the Bible says that. If you have faith, when you like to show everybody, he says, keep it to yourself. Just work, you know, just, just do it. Yeah. So we're learning how to have that refiner's fire for a purpose. The vision and the purpose keeps me in the yoke. See, how many times could, I mean, sometimes, you know, Jesus could probably do something better without us. He doesn't need us really in the yoke to help him. We're not really helping pull the plow. He's saying, put your head in the yoke, not necessarily to get the work done. What is it? To learn of me. Learning is usually not a fun experience. Many people can, you know, kids at school, we can tell, amen? Not, you know, write your A's. Do you remember having to learn to write your A's? It was a fate worse than death. You had to write a whole page of these things and you couldn't even hold a pencil. My kids used to come home like this. Ah thought they were going to die. Learning is a, is a tough experience. It doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come without mistakes. Jesus said, learn of me. It's another word for humble yourself. It's another way of giving up your life. And God wants to... He's bringing us to a place to... He's going to allow things to be higher than the bridge. He's going to allow you to actually maybe even see things that you're actually better in the team than somebody else. But that's not... Jesus was better in the team than anybody. He doesn't need 12 disciples to get the gospel into all the world. But it was God's purpose and that conformed Him. That discipline worked in Him. And the things that He suffered made Him perfect in this age to become the author of eternal salvation. There's a work going on in you. A perfecting work of the Holy Spirit by the vision of God that's perfecting you for His work. Let that have its perfect work. James talks about that. Think it not strange when you come into fiery trials. I hate, I'm speaking in the flesh now, I hate trials. I hate making mistakes. I hate being alive. That should cover just about everything. 
Very few things, you know, come up in the day that I go, wow, that was really nice. Usually it's going to sleep. <laughs> uh, but I hate trials and temptations. And generally, you know, I was talking to this carpenter guy that works with me, helping me on the house. Actually, I'm helping him. And I realized something with that. I said, you, I, you know, I really like little children. And I began to realize why I do. I don't have to think with little kids. You know, I can actually do things that I'd like to do as a grown-up, and when I'm doing it with little kids, I think I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing it for them. I'm really not. That's really me. <laughs> and, there's a, and there's a part of that nature that needs to remain in us. Jesus says, be as a little child. But there's also a greater part of our nature that needs to grow up to be fathers. We'll be talking about that. But as I was saying, you know, th- th- I have these things that, you know, I mean, sometimes you just think things through and you actually think you have them right. And I get it all done, and the final nail goes in, and I nail this thing down really good, and I go, oh, that's wrong. You know, I couldn't know five minutes before. This is really stupid. Have your head knocked off. I don't enjoy having my head knocked off. I don't enjoy being found stupid. My greatest complaint, I talk to my soul all the time, and my soul talks to me. I really hate being stupid. I mean, I I think I, I shared about this. I find, you know, these things happening. But the Bible says in James, think it not strange, the fiery trials that are about to try you. Get, we need to get yoked in, harnessed up to God's purpose. We need to get harnessed up to the God stagecoach. How come they, I can actually have a cowboy church? I mean, anyway. So anyway, but in seriousness, there's, there's, there's something there. We need to realize that we're harnessed. We're yoked. Joseph was yoked to God's purpose. He did some things he didn't want to do. He had to go through some things he wanted to do. Not that it did him really any good. It fulfilled God's purpose. And if we miss God's purpose, there's going to always be a watering trough, a better team, something else I could do. But once we have heard God's call, you keep your head in the yoke. And you let that room. The Clydesdales, I think they were pulling one of those stagecoaches. You see the first red stagecoach came? The Clyde. Those are nice horses. But I could see they all weren't, they all weren't stepping the same. And you, you know, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're sensitive to attitude, like I am, even you can tell the horse has got some attitude. I can feel him, you know. And you think he's so tough, you were pulling the Budweiser wagon well, you know. But you could feel, it was a, every now and again, you could just see they wanted to, but the vision yoked them. And they'd move ahead. There's going to be, that's why you have blinders on horses, so they can't look to the right hand or to the left. Isn't that what God said to Joshua? There's going to be plenty of stuff out there, but I've called you. Jesus could have done many great things. He could have done money wonderful, and they wanted to make him king. They wanted him to do this. They wanted him to stay in, in Samaria. right not to do that. I could call down 12 legions of angels right now. I could turn these stones into bread. I can't. This is not God's purpose. And it restricted him. He was restricted. If you want the word, use the word restricted, that would be the same as conformed. The very God of the universe. I mean, God almost laughs at David and says, you want to build me a temple? 
I live in the universe. The universe is my footstool. I don't need you to build me a temple. I, that would be stupid. This very infinite, beyond infinite God is born in a manger. Could you imagine being woke up one day? I mean, we can't even imagine it. Imagine you're being, let's just put, you're woke up in prison one day. All your possessions have been stolen. You're going to be shocked. Now, see, we can't even relate to that because most of us have not gone through those experiences. Imagine having your hostel stolen. (laughs) And then finding yourself in that position, what would we do? Well, we'd have to humble ourselves and say, God, work. Not, well, this isn't fair. Of course it's not fair. It's conforming. It's God working in you because there's still the Adamic nature. Diverse temptations. I'm working on, actually, I'm not working on that. I'm working on, you know, I, I met a man one time and says he doesn't believe the book of James because it was written to the 12 tribes that are scattered abroad, not to us. I like that because I don't count it all joy when I fall into temptations. I don't naturally don't like temptations. But there, there it is in, in the Bible. Count it all joy. There's an extruding process. Now, temptations and trials. <clears throat> See, sometimes we like to set up our own temptations to overcome. Like Peter, he was going to defend the Lord. So when the, the, the soldiers came and the people came with stairs, Jesus was ready to defend the Lord. He was ready. He set up his own set of circumstances. And sometimes we set up our own circumstances through the, I did pretty good here, I did pretty good there. But God's going to set some circumstances up. Those are the ones. The trials that get us are the things that shouldn't happen to a dog. The, the trials are when you have so much revelation you can't share it. The trial comes when you're put in a team of horses that's just, you know, holding you back. Then what should you do? You should let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus who found himself where God had put him and he allowed that to conform him to fulfill God's purpose. He might actually show you what is right to do and hold you back from it. And that's going to be a trial. And what what does he say to do? He doesn't say bring your own vengeance. He doesn't say bring it into pass. He says the trying of your work, 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 the trying of your faith works patience or endurance. And let endurance or patience 
have its perfect work. It's the work is in you to know him. That we be yo- take my yoke upon you that I might know him. In the long suffering and yoking with Christ, there comes the work of the Holy Spirit that we were conformed to his image and we come to know him. Not that anything else would happen. So let patience, endurance, have its perfect work. That's it working you. Why 40 years for Moses? Why Joseph sold into slavery? Why? Because it's a work that the Holy Spirit endurance, a perfecting work that God could say. I like that. See, but many times we think, again, we're, 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 we like to live under the law instead of under grace, because if we did good, we think we should get the promise. Well, we've already got the promise in Christ. Can you believe it? In the situation that seems, well, can I confess the truth? See, that would be denying myself. See, most of the time we just come in rebellion against God. Don't eat of the tree of life. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, we know the word, but there's a desire that rises up, a faith, if you would, that rises up and says, I'll do it anyway. We don't let endurance work to have its perfecting work. They're minding their own business. And along comes somebody and starts roping them. Have you ever seen a roped horse that doesn't want to be roped? Look in the mirror. (laughs) Stiff-necked. That's what they do. (laughs) Whoa. Now God's saying, calm down. You know, and and the, 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 the real deal is domestic horses have it better than wild horses. 
Does anybody here own a dog or a pet? You should be embarrassed. They live so well. Every now and again, you need to kick your dog. <laughs> keeps me walking with him when I feel something different. <clears throat> but James says we've, we've tamed every wild animal there is. Amazing thing. Now, you, they never asked for it. Remember I said, thank God that my life has turned out everything that I didn't want it to be. Thank God he had a greater plan. Paul had a stagecoach to bits. But Jesus says, I no longer just call you servants, although we are servants.
But there's another level that goes beyond that where it doesn't take away from servanthood. Sometimes we think friendship erases servanthood. No, it involves us to be a better servant because a friend knows what the master wants. He's yoked in there. And when the the rider just goes like this, the horse knows what he wants and just does it. I don't know what you mean. Why do I have to do that? Shut up! And start listening, and you might have your head knocked off and be conformed in the image of Jesus. A friend knows, instinctively knows, what's on the heart of another friend. There's some people that come over that, you know, I'm not going to serve them certain foods. I know they don't like it. I instinctively know that. There's reasons I cover the mic. (laughs) I instinctively know some people are sensitive. But with us, it's time to come into that friendship relationship, that love relationship, and we're yoking together. If being a friend doesn't set you apart from the yoke, it enables me to do it. Remember, the disciple said, increase our faith, and Jesus gives him this parable of a guy that's been out plowing all day. Now again, a servant that's been out plowing all day is stronger than the fat cat sitting behind the desk. He can take him out. But at some point, that servant realizes that's his call. And even Proverbs talks about that. A servant that serves his master well is like a son that will inherit all things. And Jesus is saying in his parable, become, know what the master wants. There's going to come times you're not going to want to do that. But my call is to lay down my life. My call is to be yoked with him. My call is to know him. My call is to deny myself because if without that, I'm deceived in this world. I would actually tend to listen to myself. I would tend to trust myself. I would tend to hear things that, remember we talked about, what I hear depends on where I'm at, what I'm thinking about. I can't trust myself. I have to let tribulation have its perfecting work in me. How? By dying on yours. Enduring. What does enduring mean? Keep pulling the wagon. This is my job. But I can run fast. No, this is what my job is. Jesus, turn these stones into bread. You won't have to go to the cross. Let us make you king. Let us do this. Let us. No, this is my call. Come over here in Samaria again. You can heal more people. You can preach some great messages. No, I'm going to Jerusalem. That's what my father wanted to do. And you know what the people in Samaria then did? They hated him because they were not willing to submit to God. We all, we all have our own agendas. God's going to let your own agenda come to the top so as a refiner, He can... But we'll have to love Him enough to do it. So you have to say, Lord, okay. Yeah, okay, I'll do that. I willingly understand that that's not what I want to do, but I choose to do it. I choose to love the Lord. So in, in let's turn to John. Eventually we'll get to something else. See, but it's, it's, I believe it's time for us to come to a place to where we, we become friends and we start grasping these things. And like I said, you know, the, 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 depending on where we are, it causes us to hear differently. Jesus said, there's many things I could, I'd like to tell you, but you're not able to hear it. You're, you, you haven't programmed your ears yet enough. I speak to you children. There's a way to speak to children. And it's just, you know, I was, again, I, I love little children because you know what? 
that everything's new to them. But it's also a very big danger. Everything has to be new to them. Otherwise, they get distracted real easy and get upset real easy. You know? So everything has to be new. And there's a place for that. And sometimes we long for those things, but it's not where God wants to keep us. He says, you know, longer children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, but grow up in them, let the perfecting work make fathers. There's a place for children. I think we need to have more children. I think it's great to have children. It's, the, it's an excitement and a cuteness that, you know... But after a while, that's not all. that will not keep you. And sometimes we look at that and go, I wish everything was exciting again. That was for a season. For everything, there's a season and a time. You're going to be older a lot more than you are younger. Believe me. How many people couldn't wait till they were 16? How many people couldn't wait till they're 20? Nobody's waiting till they're 80. You know, something starts changing around 30. You actually start growing up at about 30. That's why Jesus went and entered in at 30, not 18. And definitely giving... You know, we, we're all into this, like, safety. They actually give licenses to people who are 15 years old. They give them a deadly weapon that's, you know, hurling down the street at other deadly weapons at an unbelievable speed, and we trust them. You know, we, we don't let them drink, but we let them behind a car. You know, you Give them food, they they smile. You give them test beer, they you know like. But the, you know, but you're going to outgrow that. You're going to outgrow childhood. And if you long, the Bible says, don't look back. Remember Lot's wife? Who I wish? No, you're not a child anymore. As a matter of fact, that's what uh, that's what Jesus says to Peter. When you were a child, you did what you wanted to do. That that uh, that time of your life is done. Will you allow me to extrude you into what I? have called for you. When Jesus was a child, everybody liked Him. The wise men coming to see Him, people giving Him presents. Every, oh, the temple is just excited. This guy is teaching at the temple. 30 years old, they're not near as excited. He grew up out of that phase. He wasn't no longer cute little Jesus. He was God's Son doing the work of the ministry. You following me? All those seasons are necessary. But the children... There's going to be a time when, wow, you're saved and everything's new and I'm learning. Wow. And pretty soon, like I said, 25, 30, things kind of like that excitement level is different in your life. It's also a spiritual thing. You're no longer a child. I don't want to speak to you as a child. You're growing up into him. Then we're young men. Now, sometimes there's an overlap. I'm like, I, I always heard these kind of stories and then I thought like when I woke up when I'm 30, I'm going to be a different person. It doesn't quite work that way. Wouldn't it be nice to wake up and go, wow, you know, I thought being same thing with being old. One day you wake up and your hair is gray. Okay? You want young men. Because young men like to beat up other young men. It's just something in our, in our nature. 
and uh, we're overcoming the wicked one. Then he says, fathers, I'm writing to you. Because these, it's important to be a child and have that excitement and see the grace of God and everything being new and your sins are forgiven and praising God is new and loving God and all these things was healing and all these wonderful things, the Holy Spirit coming into your life. And then it's good to be fighting the battle. None of those things actually stop. But then the end result is what Paul was talking about is that I might know him. Fathers, I'm speaking to you now. Couldn't speak to the children this way. Couldn't speak to the young men quite this way. But you've gone through these things. Now, fathers, I'm speaking to you because you know him. You've gone through these different things and you've let that work and you know him. And I want to speak to you to, from that perspective. That's what Paul says. You have, you know, I have not many fathers. There's not many fathers in the church. And, that's, and, in, and, in this, and in this society, we're still looking to go back to being children. You got Devo TVs now. No, give it up. It's time to move on. It's time to move the stagecoach. It's time to be people that are loving to deny ourselves. There's gonna don't buy into the the trinkets. Like I said, use them. I've got all those those stupid things. Most of my hate. That's just me personally. But I don't, I'm not sure if it's me personally. I think God's putting some stuff in your life that you wouldn't take. See. Is it, is it personally the, the, the trainer's decision to go right or left? Or is it God's purpose? See, what are you hearing? See, a child doesn't necessarily hear the father or mother. He just hears stuff. At some point, he comes to the point, says, I hear my father. That's what Proverbs is all about. I hear my father. And the Proverbs talks about those that don't hear their father's instruction, their mother's instruction. New Testament talks about those that don't hear that. They on the cross of God's purpose. Letting those things go which are behind 
Yes, they're wonderful. Yes, they still continue. Yes, I think we should have those working in some measure in different ages and different spiritual levels. But there needs to be fathers that are saying the purpose. And there needs to be people that are hearing the word, not just as a word, but as their love relationship, as as friend. Oh, he means go right. Okay. Well, I wonder if he really knows where he's going. You know, last week we ran into the barn. I don't think, you know, I'm tired of taking orders. You know, he's not a horse anyway. How could he think like a horse? I, I'm, put it into your life. Oh, he's just... The more I train myself to like my wife, the more I like her. Now, she still does stupid things, in my opinion. Now, me, on the other hand... <laughs> but see, I have, to, I have to train myself to this is what God's doing. Otherwise... I know nobody here goes through those things. Ah, the church is really missing it. I don't know why they can't... Well, you know, maybe you're part of the team that's supposed to be working to that ability, but you're just not in the, the yoke. It's not what I'm called to do. Couldn't I be a circus horse? They get to wear those, you know. 
I know we're laughing at that, but how many times? Well, how come I can't get to be? I remember I had a guy actually tell me that I could be a pastor of a church of 5,000. Boy, did I miss it. You know, if I actually bought into that, I could be bitter. street version. When you were young, you did what you wanted. You went fishing. You were led of the Spirit. You had your own faith. It's no, I, I, and it's good. You went through that. You saw me. You, you went and healed the sick, Peter. I sent you out. Will you stretch forth your hands? Will you put your neck in the harness? Yeah, but I'm free. I'm a wild stallion. I get to... Yes, you are. 
Yes, you are. Will you follow me? That's all God wants. Not, I'll show you how good of a stallion I am. <laughs> You'll end up the dog meat. Then you can pet your nice little dog that's eating a wild animal. I don't know. Anyway. Crazy world, crazy world. When you were, but when you're old, you'll stretch for, you'll be, you, you've come to know me. You became a father. And you see that it's not about you, not you protecting me from the robbers, but I had a purpose you knew nothing about. And it's going to cost you your life. See, most of the time, unfortunately or fortunately in this country, the gospel hasn't yet cost us a whole lot. It doesn't cost you your life. So we think it's actually free. But here's your life. Dying the first death, you die daily. Are you able to submit to what God has? Are you able to say, oh, I'm older now. They're not making me do this. But as a friend, will you stretch forth your hands? And what's going to happen when you stretch forth your hands? Well, then we're going to see. Now, again, again, we think if we do what God says, well, then we'll receive the promises. We've already received the promises in Christ. But those in the, that, that oh, please God didn't maybe necessarily see them. The horse, just because it does good in the parade, isn't set free. There's a different relationship that God wants to bring us into. It's not all about my personal attainments. When you're Peter talking, Paul talking, that's just Jesus talking, or is it God is speaking to me? Now again, how is God going to speak? Refiner's fire. We're going to look at that in the church. Most of the time, if not all of the time. See, even when Peter, when Paul, when Paul is actually sees the vision of Jesus Christ, what does God tell him to do? Go to a city and wait because I'm going to send someone you to tell you what more to do. Uh, does that seem dumb to anybody else besides me? God goes to all that trouble, smites him down, lights appear, things are going on, he's made blind. You need somebody else to tell me what to do? Yes, because there's a purpose you don't know about. That's the, that's the abnormal when God speaks from heaven. I think, how many times is that in the Bible? I think a handful of times. But God speaking through his word, through the apostles, through the prophets, through the disciples, through your husband, through your wife, through the church, is always. But when we're young, we want to, oh, speak it. But when you're old, you're going to start to recognize his voice. Oh, I become mature. I don't need evidence. I don't need proof. I recognize his voice. His sheep will hear his voice. He's my friend. I know what he wants. I don't care whatever else is going on. Keep pulling the wagon. Keep pulling the wagon. power of life and death. That's what Pilate thought. And he's actually preaching it. See, what we're going to preach and what we talk about is what we believe. I have the power of life and death. Don't, why aren't you scared? Well, I've got another agenda. 
See, I'm believing something that I'm not seeing. I know that you look like you're going to take my life, but I've grown up. I'm stretching forth my hands into God's hands, and another's going to bind me. And Peter, history has it that he was crucified upside down, I think in Rome, Rome or something like that. Romans, that Roman soldier didn't look like the Lord, did it? But he'd learned to hear his voice. He had learned to know him. He had walked with him and yoked with him so long that it said, okay, I don't want to do this. I know it's going to hurt. I've seen these things happen. But Lord, I want to know you. I've become a father. I'm no longer doing my, I'm feeding the sheep. I'm laying down my life for you. And it, it goes on here to say, another will gird you. Will you let another gird you? Will you let the ma- put, a, put the harness on you? You don't harness yourself. You don't yoke yourself. And you don't decide what field you plow. Somebody else does that. Will you love him? Or will I say, no, I just don't see it. I'm in this stupid wagon. What's the point? I know. I've, I heard my master. I heard my friend. I know what he wants. It might even be foreign to you. Just like eating unclean meat was foreign to Peter, repulsive to him. Going to the Gentiles was repulsive to Paul. Coming down and becoming sin. How repulsive was that? To Christ. But there was a greater purpose than himself. There was a greater purpose than us being here, than all the, oh, I need need this, I need... Lord, I'm no longer a child. That was fun when I was a child. But now I'm a father. Gird me. What would you like me to do? Crucify me? Serve the church? Feed the sheep? Keep my head in the, in the harness? Work together with the team? So be it. God, let your death work in me that you could be glorified. And he spoke this, signifying by what death he should glorify God. That's the gospel. Jesus died and glorified God. Well, what do we believe? Well, we... what? Death isn't the end of the gospel. We believe in the the resurrection. But by not dying to what God has brought, actually we show we don't believe that God... I'm able to raise him from the dead today. Or do you have it all figured out? Well, no, I just don't see it. Are you hearing God? If you're not hearing God, Peter is not going to feed sheep. 
He is not going to stretch out his hand to somebody who doesn't look like the Lord, who's actually going to kill him and ruin his life and make his... (laughs) That's not your concern. Your concern is to do what the Father asks, not to figure it all out. You're intruding into a level that's God's right. That would be called sin. Amen? All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. Lord Jesus, arise in our lives through your death and resurrection. Holy Spirit, have your way. And let our speech and our lives, our conversation be conformed into those things that please you. In Jesus' name.